Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dark Side Podcast. I'm Luke Betlow. I'm Ethan Afeado. I'm Charlie Goldstein. And today we have a wide range of topics to discuss with you and multiple interviews planned with professionals of the medical field. Without further ado, let's hop into our first interview with pediatrician Joseph Inakwa. Hello, Ethan. Thank you so much for having me today on your show. All right. Welcome to our podcast. So I have a bunch of questions that I'm ready to ask you. And if it's okay with you, can we just jump right in? Yes, go ahead. All right. So for our first question, what conditions come with the overconsumption of fast food that our listeners should know about? Thank you for your question, Ethan. I think that's a very important Thing that people should know. So first, let me just say, when we're talking about fast food, um, yes, a lot of things like french fries and hamburgers and sodas, but also let's not forget that we're also thinking about foods that have been highly processed. So for example, chips and cookies and sweets, those are also things we need to consider. And there are so many different conditions that come from them. For example, one, I think one which is a real epidemic that people are seeing right now is weight gain. Uh. Um, As of now, one in three American children are either overweight or obese. And that is not good because even though you might think it doesn't matter now, the, the thing is this, it just, it, it's a vicious cycle and just continues and things get worse. So we have a uh, coming with the weight gain, are things like uh, maybe pain in your joints. Um, we're having things like your heart is having to overwork or work just harder to supply all the extra areas with blood. So that makes your blood pressure go up. That can cause your arteries, which is the vessels that carry the blood, to thicken. Your liver, which is very important for removing waste from your body, can also get affected. You can develop a condition called fatty liver. And and studies show that um, for somebody who is obese or overweight, um, the liver actually becomes, a fatty liver can actually become like similar to an alcoholic, a person who drinks too much and their liver starts to fail. Yes, your liver starts becoming like that. And then another problem that you can see is um, your pancreas now is not able, which is another organ in your body, is not able to put out the amount of insulin your body needs or your body just doesn't respond to that insulin. So there's also, with the increase in um, obesity, there's been an increase in diabetes, specifically type 2 diabetes. But apart from even what's how it's affecting you physically, there are other things, like even emotionally. How is it affecting you emotionally? Because um, a lot of the time when you're overweight or obese, um, these people tend to have a poor self-image so there's an increase of depression increase in social isolation because they don't want to go out of their way to make friends and then even just thinking about um 
what happens when you eat all these processed foods, there's actually a chemical reaction that goes on in your body. So you eat it, you feel good. First, you crave it. So you're becoming like sort of addicted to the food or the sugar. You crave it and then you eat it. And then a few hours later, your brain just slumps and crashes. And we found that um, sometimes you just don't get the quality sleep that you need to function properly and going with that also comes like your academic performance might not be the maximum that it could be so first of all it's like you're literally putting with the processed food you're literally putting poison inside your bodies though you might not realize it and then in addition to that these foods don't have the proper nutrients your body needs I hope that answers your question. I gave you just some of the potential conditions that can come from eating too much fast food. All right. Thank you for that. Um, my next question comes and it says, how can children moderate the amount of fast food that they eat? And is there a healthy limit? Well, that's a really good question. So how can you... Um, moderate or decrease the amount. I think, um, you know, when you're doing something, you do it over and over, it becomes a habit. So we need to change that habit of eating it that frequently um, and replace it maybe with something better or a good habit. So um, change to eating more fruits and vegetables instead. Um, because what, like I was talking about how you can get addicted to the chemicals and the junk food. They, they change your test, your taste buds so you don't realize how good fruits and vegetables really are. As to um, is there a healthy limit? <laughs> well, the less the better is the way I would put it. If, if I had my own personal way, I would say, hey, not more than once a month, but maybe being more realistic... If you're used to going frequently more than three times a week, um, it's it's to go from three to zero might be hard. So maybe just changing maybe to maybe once a week or even less would be better. Consider it more as a treat and not a habit. So just really occasionally going. Does right. that answer your question? Yes, it does. And thank okay. you. I think you that's... are very welcome. I think that's really important for people to hear now. And that sort of leads on to my next question. And in the form of how can you warn children against the dangers of fast food when it is such a big part of American culture? That's a great question, Ethan. I think to start with, the most important thing would be education. So you, um, you're doing this podcast as an would be an educational tool to help others. So there's a saying, knowledge is power. Don't be mindless. Know what you're eating. And you can educate yourself by reading um, food labels. Even um, when you're buying something, these days, um, there's a re re um, the restaurants do have to have all the foods you're eating nutritionally labeled. So at least knowing the calories, that's a start. But know what you're putting inside your body. So educate yourself. Educate each other amongst your friends. You know, there's a lot of 
influence you do have on each other. So advise your friends, well, I don't think this is a good choice. Let's do something else. Why don't you choose an apple instead of fries, for example? And then, um, and this is something that is ongoing, maybe a national effort on the part of the rest of society. I know that you see television ads and it seems really attractive when you see the food cooking and all that. So um, that actually leads me on to the American Academy of Pediatrics, which is AAP. We have this, um, I don't know how I'll put it, but it's called 5210. So um, basically it's short for um, five servings, fruits and vegetables every day, two hours or less, of recreational screen time. So what we mean by that is um, um, virtual school on, um, doesn't count as part of those two hours. Yep. So just sitting there and watching television, you want to decrease that amount. And then at least one hour moderate physical activity. And this can be in any form, whether um, walking, running, anything you like to do. Riding your bicycle with remembering to put on your helmet, of course, or your scooter. And even housework qualifies, your chores qualifies as an hour of moderate activity. What we want is just having you move. And then zero is um, no sugary, no or little sugary drinks. You always want to choose water instead. Okay. All right. Thank you. You are very welcome. Those were all my questions that I had for you. And again, this is the Dark Side Podcast. Hello, Natalie. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me. So I have a bunch of questions for you, and I'm excited to ask them, and I hope you're excited to answer them. Does it sound good to jump right in? Yes, I would love to. So let's start. Why do so many children face dental issues from soda? Well, there's two main components to this answer. There's the sugar and there's the acid. And in combination, those two are very bad for your enamel. Basically, what happens with soda is as you drink it, it coats your teeth and it stays on. It kind of gets absorbed by the enamel and it stays on there. And the sugar, the bugs from the sugar, um, you guys are a little older, but the bacteria from the sugar sits on your teeth and that eats your enamel and then the the acidic nature of it causes a different brand of bacteria to go on there and together they just eat away an enamel and this happens slowly um, and children that drink soda are really prone to something called early childhood caries um, those are little children and as you get older um, the same thing it's just different it's called cavities and that's what happens from soda So what is the enamel? So the enamel is the outside layer of the tooth. The tooth has three different layers and the outside layer is the enamel. How does that um, grow in children? Well, does that change from younger ages to older ages? So as, so the answer is um, it, it does get stronger and then you reach a point when you're older that it, um, doesn't get stronger and it starts to weaken and crack because over time from biting down and chewing and mastication, the enamel gets weaker 
and also you start to lose um, a little bit of the bottom of your teeth, something called attrition, and your teeth get shorter. And what happens with soda is it generally causes cavities around the gum line. All right. Thank you. So what happens specifically to the teeth of children who drink soda? And like, what physically will happen to their teeth? They will get cavities. How does that develop? Through the bacteria sitting on top of their teeth. And um, they brush their teeth. I'd like to say twice a day. Um, Some kids don't. So the longer that the bacteria sit on your teeth, the more it corrodes your enamel. Uh Uh-huh. So can you walk us through the steps of the soda affecting your teeth and your enamel? So the first step that happens is you drink the soda and the soda coats your teeth. Just like if you were to eat a blue lollipop or any kind of colored um, food, it coats your teeth and you see it. Just like I'm sure you've all had a blue lollipop and your tongue has been coated. Mm -hmm. It's the same exact thing. It coats your teeth and the longer it sits there, the worse it is. Um, You can drink water to kind of push it away, but that's not really gonna happen because once the bacteria is there, the bacteria wanna eat your teeth. That's what they're doing. Um, Another thing to do with children is to water down their soda. So just give them, you know, half, just like the apple juice that babies get, half apple juice, half water. You can do that with soda, but kids are smart and they don't want to do that. Um, They'll know. Um, So it's it's kind of like a junk food thing. Mm -hmm. Avoid the junk food and try to minimize it as much as you can. And with good oral hygiene, you can protect your teeth. How do you recommend children maintain good oral hygiene while still consuming fast food and soda? Or is that one way or the other? Um, so I, I don't recommend having fast food and soda. But if you're going to do that, then I recommend doing it in moderation and uh, really brushing your teeth and flossing after you have soda or sticky candy or really bad junk food. So right now, true medical question. Do you recommend not consuming fast food and soda at all or in moderation? Yes, especially for my children. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on. Now over to Luke Betlow to talk with Marty Betlow. Thank you, Charlie, for that introduction. Uh, and I'm here with Dr. Marnie Betlow. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Marnie's an adolescent clinical psychologist, so I have some questions for you today regarding mental health and childhood obesity, more specifically how they relate. Sounds good. All right. So first off, um, I want to know uh, what child obesity does to the mental health of those uh, poor kids affected. Well, it's an interesting concept because obviously obesity in general is a physical um, health issue, but obviously between the ramifications of dealing with extra weight and, you know, attempting to rectify a health issue early in life, that can also um, have what we call my business comorbid conditions that are conditions that happen alongside Um, one another. So, you know, depending on what the child is dealing with, um, 
whether it's overeating, emotional eating, um, you know, difficulty in self-regulation, self-awareness. Um, there's a host of different factors uh, besides just obviously the health and nutrition of the child to consider. And of course, there's also the aspects of how he is treated in a society that is generally um, pretty consumed with how people look and having to look a certain way. So um, bullying um, can often become a factor um, as well. Um, so we really need to kind of look at each individual case. Obviously, there isn't one reaction or core morbid condition um, that happens alongside any child struggling with uh, obesity. All right. So uh, I know you mentioned earlier some like repercussions mm -hmm. of dealing with childhood obesity. So um, I just want to know what you think these repercussions more commonly are in these patients. Well, you mean the social repercussions of obesity? Um, generally speaking, at school, as you might imagine, the bullying that um, often happens um, can really contribute to levels of anxiety and depression, which tragically can also filter back into kids not feeling good about themselves and um, perhaps using food as a coping mechanism instead of other more um, healthy coping mechanisms. Um, when you think about coping mechanisms in general, as uh, a child or a teenager, we like to um, think of things that kids like to do. Um, most of those things either are creative or involve sports. And, um, you know, sometimes kids who are obese feel uh, reticent even to change in the locker room when it comes to sports or for gym class. Um, there's a lot of shame and anxiety surrounding those aspects of just daily life as a child. Um, and also just to the perception of self. So, um, you know, the social repercussions and, and how other people treat them, whether they are less picked or feel less um, included, um, you know, sadly, that is definitely a factor. But, um, you know, there are obviously other social repercussions other than the, you know, health repercussions of of the sad kind mm. of state. Yeah, so um, I was wondering if you had a message to any of our listeners um, online that might be dealing with bullying uh, stemming from childhood obesity. Well, that's also a tough one because it could be very um, individual as well. But what I like to tell clients often, no matter what they're struggling with, especially if it relates to something physical, um, and how they perceive of self and how they believe others perceive them is, is really to try to own it. Um, you know, if you are a, you know, hefty, you know, or a husky child, um, you know, own it. Uh, you know, there's, there's uh, something I like to call the eight mile defense, which is um, <laughs> stems from uh, the movie Eight Mile, where uh, the rapper Eminem um, at the end of the movie goes up and uh, basically owns all his weaknesses and things that happen to him that are embarrassing or shameful or things that he believes people are gossiping about him. And, 
he goes up there and just raps about them and accepts them and owns them, so to speak. And then, you know, the guy who's rapping against him really has nothing to say. <laughs> so, you know, being able to be self-aware and to own perhaps your husky stature or that you like to eat or make fun of it first, maybe even, or be moderately self-deprecating socially in front of your peers and just kind of, you know, be take it a little lighter, even if it hurts inside, is often a great way to kind of offset bullies. Um, and as I always try to tell kids, you know, never fight back by becoming a bully yourself and, and uh, you know, hit below the belt towards people who are uh, aggressing towards you because then you just become the aggressor and, you know, there's no reason to become what you despise in order to feel like you have to defend yourself. So I, that is, that's one of the tactics that we like to um, consider at least talking to kids about with whatever they might be dealing with that, that could be uh, taken at face value at that age. All right. Thank you for that. Um, that's a great way to sort of wrap up our uh, talk. So thank you for coming on. Great. It was nice being here. Thanks. Thank you all for listening. Remember to check in for new episodes. This is The Dark Side, signing off. <laughs>